Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan London, and if this is your first Geekscape, well, you really picked a doozy to jump in on. Uh, this is our special on The Flash. We're going to be spoiling the heck out of the brand new movie, The Flash, starring Ezra Miller, Michael Keaton, many more people that uh, we're not going to spoil it here in the intro, but we'll definitely be talking about it in the episode. Um, we waited a long time for this Flash movie. We read as it went through iteration, revision, and implementation, and what is it that we ended up getting in the end? We're going to talk about that. Um, I've described it as a mixed bag, but there's so much in this movie I really enjoy, uh, and we'll talk about that, and there's so much in this movie that sometimes makes me scratch my head, but you know what? I'm glad we got a movie like this, because it gives us a ton to talk about here on Geekscape. So again, if this is your first Geekscape, like you really picked a great one to jump in on. Pretty much only if you've seen The Flash, though. Audiences didn't entirely turn out for it, though. So if you haven't watched the movie but are intending to, you might want to put a pin in this episode and go check out some of the other stuff we have in the last 16 years on this feed. Uh, I did not do a Geekscape last week. Um, it just I've been too busy. It did not come together. Um, and it's okay because there's so much that you can catch up on. I was doing two a week for there for a bit and everything from video games, like a conversation with the actress Patricia Somerset, who played Zelda in... Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, she was on the show. We had the directors of this brand new uh, Robert England documentary on the show. I loved talking to them. Uh, just tons of writers and artists and video game people and actors and comic book creators are on this show. And I try and do it every week. And I have been doing it for 16 years. And <laughs> I, I, I thought I could get one together last week and in the 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 schedule just didn't work out with the guest and I didn't want to just throw something at y'all that wasn't worthy of the, of the feed. So I jumped it, but we are going to be back on track and I'm working on some amazing guests as we are on the road to Comic-Con and Comic-Con is lining up to be awesome this year. We're going to be back at the Geekscape booth 3919 on the floor. Um, I'm really trying hard to get you guys a new t-shirt design. I'm super excited about the t-shirt design. It is comic book themed, which is what I've been trying to do for a little bit to get a comic book themed shirt. And I also have a panel on Saturday. I can't share the details until Comic-Con releases the schedule, but I'm so excited about the people I have on the panel and what we're talking about. And I'm still working to get one or two more people on the panel, uh, but they've given it a prime slot on Saturday. There is, <laughs> and it's like in one of those big rooms that are like two rooms smushed together uh, because I got some pretty fun names on the panel and I'm excited to talk to them. And then, of course, if you can't make it to San Diego, well, you're in the right spot if you're subscribing to the Geekscape podcast because I'm going to put that panel right here on the feed and you'll be able to hear it probably the week right after San Diego as soon as I rise from the coma that I have post-San Diego. And I'm like, okay, my body's starting to work again. I'm awake. And as I recover, I'll put up the, the Geekscape podcast for San Diego Comic-Con and, and then our panel. And you'll be a part of it. If you're subscribed, you'll be a part of it. Share it with your friends. Um, you know, just be a part of the celebration. You know, if you, if, if that's not enough for you, you know, we got like 30 shows across the Geekscape network, ranging from everything to like, uh, pro wrestling to music, to horror movies, to eighties throwback to nostalgia. We have a couple of eighties shows at this point and a couple like cinematic comic book movie podcasts at this point. Uh, and they're all for you guys and they're all free. So at least you can do is like share it, hit all those stars and write reviews and things like that. Okay, I'm not going to delay anymore. We've got a pretty awesome 
flash special coming up right now uh this movie is so interesting at least to me maybe it's not to my guess we got ian kerner in the wings he's gonna talk uh, a bit about the flash i definitely wanted him on the episode and then because this is a true crisis event i've got christian blatt and gare briones who did a great job on the across the spider-verse episode and they're back so i've got ian and garrett and christian and all three of them are going to be talking to me. I'm just going to take a back seat. And they're all going to be talking The Flash. It's a true crossover event right here on Geekscape. And here it goes. Awesome Geekscapists, we're talking The Flash, and this is your last warning. If you have not seen this brand new The Flash movie from Warner Brothers uh, that we've been waiting on for a couple of years, we've been seeing trailers for a while, and uh, we finally got a Flash movie. We finally got like a Flashpoint semi-slash-crisis movie. Uh, we're going to talk all about it. Uh, there will be major spoilers, so this is your last warning. You're watching the Geekscape The Flash special, so... Turn this off if you do not want it spoiled for you. Keep watching and listening, as the people in the chat room are doing, uh, watching right here, uh, leaving comments. Uh, go ahead and keep listening and watching. If you either don't care or you're like, bring on, bring it on. I saw the movie. I want to talk with you guys, and I'm excited. So let's bring in our conversationalists, our panelists. I'm starting with the Human Encyclopedia, the Human Comic Book Encyclopedia, Ian Kerner, Geekscape Mainstay. But that's not enough. He's the host of the Marvel Movie Talk podcast and the Geekscape Book Club, Christian Blatt. Hello. And we can't be talking Batman without Jonathan's very own ward. I was Ian's ward, and now I have a ward. Uh, and in the child endangerment's a part of it. Garrett Briones. That's here. a very interesting lineage. That's a very interesting lineage. I like yeah. that. Yeah, you follow in the footsteps of me and who I follow in the footsteps of Ian. Okay. And, that's how, that's and I look works. at Garrett as my Burt Ward, so it all comes together. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. All right, let's just rip the Band-Aid. Um, I think Garrett and Christian know what I thought of the movie. I do not know what Ian thought of the movie. It's an interesting movie. It, you don't have to go one way or another, as I hinted at or basically just told you in the intro. To me, this movie's a mixed bag. The first hour, I have some trouble with, based on the tone. It's a little too silly. A little too Bill and Ted on the performance of one of the berries. Um, and I, I had a tough time taking it seriously. But the second that the Michael Keaton stuff pops up and we start multiverse hopping uh, in earnest with a goal. And it brings a little bit of some earnestness and some, some seriousness into the film. Um, I started to really appreciate it. And then I love the last 30 minutes of this movie as a full celebration of all these characters and stories. Um, is it fan service? As a lot of people have said that it's just blatant fan service. Yeah, but guess what? So what? I'm a fan. Sometimes I enjoy uh, getting serviced on, in this fashion, and it wasn't spoiled for me. 
So I was super excited and I really enjoyed a lot of the things I was seeing on screen in that last 30 minutes. So guys, uh, starting with Ian, what did you all think of the movie? Uh, just let me say real quick before I get into that, that sure. I'm glad you made that comment on fan service. Like fan service is a way for people that aren't fans to complain about stuff they don't get. But you know what? You're going to make a superhero movie. You're going to do a little fan service. It's fine. These things have giant fans. And no matter what you say, fan service really shouldn't take away from for any of enjoyment from someone that isn't a fan, but it adds so much more for those that are. I straight you know? up popped when I saw that Superman. And I thought it was going to yes. be some version, of, Ju- some iteration of a Brandon Ralph. And when that camera turned around and I saw fucking Nicolas Cage's Superman, See, I, I, I lost knew about my that. shit. For me, George Reeve, I was like, okay, oh. never expected that. Oh, I love that opening on George Reeve. I would have loved a Fleischer Superman or any appreciation yeah. of the animated right. stuff that DC's I mean, done so well. But yeah. holy shit, I love the George Reeve stuff. Uh, so cool to have Christopher Reeve with Helen Slater. Loved it. I mean, literally, that was always the, my my giant issue as a kid watching Supergirl. I'm like, how do you have this and not have him at least show up at the end? They're never sure. on screen together, and we got them on screen together. You know, that was beautiful. I mean, it just me. It's just that was just such a huge moment for me. Look, Geeks, movie, we're, we're talking about a crisis event that happens later in the movie, and a lot of great stuff happens before that. A lot of questionable yeah. stuff happens before that, but that that stuff really made me super excited. Like as the movie wrapped up, I'll give you a mixed bag on the movie. I like the movie a lot. Um, I actually thought that across the board, the performances were fantastic. I thought Ezra Miller in in multiple roles, amazing. Um, Keaton was great. Affleck was, I love Affleck in that Batman role. You know, I thought that was great. The Gal Gadot cameo, a little awkward, but the, the, the lasso stuff I loved, you know, it was funny. Um, I, I get what you're saying about goofy, you know, early in that movie, but it was a fun tone for who this flash is. So I and thought where that was he goes. Yes. And where he goes is yes. huge and beautiful and tragic. Yes. Yes. Um, I have my issues with some of the things about the movie. You know, I was always worried about, you know, the inciting incident. I mean, look, you know, I mean, I don't want to get too in the weeds here, but you know, the whole initial idea of flashpoint is that the pre-crisis Barry that we had. Yeah. You know, the, the old Barry like didn't have any of these issues with his parents being dead. And the idea is zoom goes back and kills his mother because Barry's already this hero that this happens to. Right. The interesting thing that the Arrowverse did is they took that as this given thing from the get go. And I don't know if how many people have actually watched the Arrowverse Flash show. Which All is of us. Yeah. And the shows, for the most part, it has some lulls over over the course of it. But for the most part, it's really solid. I agree. You know? I think it was the best of the CW shows. It has the board. That they all have of 22 episodes, you're going to have some lulls here and there. And I think uh, what season was it? Maybe around season five or six. I think it was off a little bit after several seasons of being fantastic. But I mean, one of the things it does right away is you find out that Barry becomes a flash sooner when you ultimately realize that it's actually zoom. Who's acting as his mentor, who's making him become the flash sooner just so that he can get his powers back because he's already done the flashpoint, you know, and Barry's not, that's not supposed to happen. And they, they do their version of flashpoint and Barry going back and trying to fix it. But that's the key is that Barry goes back to fix something that was already thrown off by Zoom. So I go into this movie thinking, knowing there isn't any Zoom. And honestly, the twist in the movie makes, let's just say right now, it makes no sense. Sure. Okay. 
But I do like that you got a version of Zoom, Dark Flash, what have you. The glowing eyes, that's Flashpoint Zoom, right? And I was calling him, I called him Zoom, and he's, sadly, he's they a Barry. Dark who, Flash. He's a Barry who, he's the younger Barry who doesn't have the experience with the Justice League. He doesn't have an experience with Superman being the, the model superhero. And he insists that he can still save his mother and continues to go back until he is broken and demented and twisted and evil. Yeah. And he becomes a bit of the villain in the movie that creates the problem that causes our JLA Snyderverse Barry to get well, lost. What, in what the frustrates me is he doesn't even exist without him knocking Barry into his timeline. So that's, and they make a line about it being you know, par- a paradox, but it's too much of a paradox. There was a way to do that without him being the inciting incident. Also, the mother he's trying to save isn't his, it's the other Barry. And I thought we were, and we never actually see the, uh, Barry's mom. We never resolve who killed her. And in my opinion, she stabbed right. herself in the kitchen because uh, her well, husband. Well, well, well that, that, like, that's my Zoom point. They just go with this random violence. Her husband's out. So someone decides to rob the house then. So with him in the home, they didn't decide to rob that house. So you're telling me when Ro- if we're on Livingston's home. Right. She doesn't die. Barry doesn't go to that's school right. to become, uh, uh, you know, to work in in, cr- in criminology All and become that. the Flash. Like exactly. that doesn't happen. All okay, that. so she stabbed herself. So she slipped and stabbed herself. According to this movie, I wanted a, re- a resolution scene where younger Barry was so demented, and his mother's fine. She never died. He actually goes back and causes it because he's so twisted and they just never resolve the death of the mother. And well, I thought that I is such a like, linchpin. You know, it's one thing if they lived in Gotham and this looks sort of like, Oh, you just, they just robbed the house, but they live in this nice idyllic neighborhood in central city. And yeah, someone just randomly robbed the house. Well, but to be fair, they never, the movie never shows you the scene. Like exactly. there, there's, there's no one there by the time he gets down there. I think, you know, they've even said in interviews, uh, talking as if they're going to get a sequel, which uh, will hold out hope. Uh, no <laughs> the way. sequel's they, called um, Brave, The Brave and the Bold. <laughs> they were going. The, I think the implication was, if you do any sort of Flash adaptation, it's going to be it's going to be Aya Barthon, the Reverse Flash. But I do think the movie should have uh, have addressed that because it, it did leave that so open ended. But yeah. I I think it's I think yeah I think they were going to go with that. But I, as I said, you know, they put many ducks in a row for. A sequel that uh, we'll see if those ducks get to flourish. Uh, I, and Geeks I, I gave think... us, I'm not kidding. The whole linchpin is the berry is like, oh, if my mother had just had this ingredient for dinner and my father hadn't had to go to the store to get it for her, she would still be alive and not dead. So I'm going to go back in time. And the only thing I'm going to do is bring home this tomato no, soup no, or whatever it is. He, he just puts it in her cart. He just puts it in her cart. He doesn't even bring it home. He's just going to put it in her cart so her she cart. doesn't forget it. So the father doesn't have to leave the house and she doesn't die. Go back and lock the fucking door. Go back and just take a Ron Livingston cardboard cutout and put it in the window. So whoever's going to come and stab her keeps moving on. Because we all know that Ron Livingston is the ultimate security device for home invasion. Like, I mean, really? How about go back and I mean, I, I guess that's sort of the problem. But like, his whole thing is, what's he doing that's going to change things? Well, guess what? Whoever robbed the house now didn't rob the house. How much of a butterfly effect is that? Right. I think it helps if they <laughs> right. give you the it's moment where he's actively trying not to disrupt the timeline too much. And he, by by even doing the can, yes, he does. But you know, it, it's just like you just need one line. Where they're like, 
yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm not going to sit there and wait around and, you know, I'm a superhero. I can kill whoever kills my mom. He's like, all right, let me just do this one thing and then maybe that won't do it. But you're right. From from what we are given on the screen, you're like, all right, that's it? That's all you're going to do? Just go back and lock the doors. Go back and lock the doors. There's a throwaway line about the guy just coming into the house and it being unlocked and his father not being there. Go back and lock the doors. Yeah. Fuck the can. Fuck the tomatoes. Fuck all that stuff. Or just drop go back off and lock ten pizzas and be like, "You don't have to cook tonight, mom." Sure. sure. <laughs> well, we, we'll, let, let's talk for a bit about this idea of what happens. Um, this time travel multiverse. This idea over spaghetti with Michael Keaton, who phenomenal. He got but, me back into the movie because yeah, he was from the baby to- sequence early on, which I thought was just a little too cartoony. Yeah, was, on the tone yeah. to that sequence where. He explains the multiverse, not just moving forward and backwards, but explain it, Ian, because I thought it was actually a well, really good re- way to, it, to, to talk about an, how. It's an, it's an interesting idea. The, the, the statement is, so time isn't linear. So it's more than just you change something and everything forward changes. Since time isn't linear, changing something just changes it in both directions. So there's no telling what level of change you have. A la suddenly you have a Batman who's older and looks completely different. And is from a timeline that didn't exist in the Snyderverse, right, which right. originated. It's an older person, things are so different that you know, and yet that different with Gotham, but things are mostly the same in Barry's world, other than obviously the life he had, but everything else was more or less the same. It seems it's very pick and choose weird, and yet change at such a level that we actually is Kara Zor-El, much less that she ended up on Earth and Zod found Kal-El's ship you know but kara is hinted at in the first snyder man of steel movie her um, spaceship going down is hinted at in that movie her spaceship going down or they kind of referencing the old ship that i've always i was always disappointed they didn't do more with yeah the scout ship that you know i felt they were setting things up um very um, Supreme Power Straczynski's take mm-hmm. on the Squadron Supreme as if everything flows from Kryptonians. And That's, I thought yeah. the idea of the 20,000 years before Kryptonians, it seemed like they were sort of setting up Atlanteans and Amazons coming from the Kryptonians. And they that abandoned That was confirmed them. a few months ago. They at like I think it was called SnyderCon or whatever it was. Oh, wait, that was, exists? There was a thing yeah. a few which, months which, ago which, where they had... Which, um, uh, which Discord is that held on? Yeah, it, I it, don't want to know. It exists in the frontal lobe of uh, thousands but they, of they had a, Is that one of those Reddits that you have to pay for now? <laughs> uh, they, had a, they had a screening, and afterwards they had like a Q&A, and they basically said that the idea was that the that basically everything was going to come like gods and all that were going to come from the Kryptonians and things like that. That's and that, they were that going to sense. tie it together. That that, way. The that biggest tragedy, the biggest tragedy that James Gunn reset is that we're going to lose Snyder con. Like that has to keep going. <laughs> Those kids we're need talking about rebel do. moon, baby. We're going to talk about rebel, rebel moon. moon looks fun. Yes. Yeah, um, Snyder con doesn't go anywhere because yeah. Snyder con is, is, isn't about anything more of those movies. Yeah. It's, it's I love rebel him. moon though. Rebel moon looks cool. Um, real quick, Jim Pagarinelli, well, I'm talking about, we were talking about all the different Superman's. Jim Pagarinelli says they would have gotten Dean Cain, but he was too busy making God's Not Dead Six. <laughs> and then Heidi, my beautiful wife, says the babies were a bit cartoony. I, th- I have a problem with the tone. Yes. It took a while for I, me to get out of that. Well, tone. I, I agree with her well, that they, the tone they, was cartoony, but the babies themselves 
couldn't have looked, looked less realistic. It was a cool sequence, <laughs> but I'm like, those don't even look remotely like babies. Those look like those look like cartoons. And I was just like, I don't know. They had all this time to make this movie. They have Warner and Brothers. And Weta was in the credits. Yeah. And I was just like, all right, this is what they're giving us. These, uh, yeah. you know, they look like uh, the the baby from Roger Rabbit, more more like. An actual <laughs> I was gonna say they're baby Louie. Baby Louie, and then yeah, yeah. Just, Justin made the comment. He goes, "Did the Flash go back in time and hire 1998 Weta to do the effects?" Because <laughs> <laughs> like, this Weta did those ba- like if they did those babies, oof. <laughs> yeah. I did like when he first starts running in Century City, like the idea of like him zipping in that way. I thought it looked really yeah. cool. But then afterwards, I've heard like all the the cameos that they did within that Speed Force were per, like intentionally sort of cartoony that way. Um, but yeah, the the babies was a bit of weak sauce. Um, can I, I just wanted to backtrack to uh, to Keaton for a second. Uh, do we all think that he is Batman 1989 uh, Batman, or is he a different Batman in any of your well, minds that just happens to be played by Michael Keaton? Because to me, well, it was well, Batman 1989, but as I started to think about it, I'm like... It doesn't no, make sense. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. It, 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 in it's, what it, way? It, well, this is what's wrong with, the, with this movie's version, because this movie is sort of saying that the multiverse as we generally know it as this giant different you know like the way marvel does it, and all these it already exists you know and it's out there versus this movie sort of created it and then shut it down and that's a mess and it's particularly a mess when you actually had ezra miller appear in the crisis that they did in the Arrowverse. so they yeah. already called it out so it's like literally it's completely contradicting that I would you love know? have loved to see any of the CW actors. And then Heidi had a great point. She's like, where's Linda Carter's cameo? Hey, man. Yes. Well, well, that's just it. Look, I well, mean. Because they didn't want anybody that was alive. But Nicholas Cage is alive, sir. Well, but <laughs> well, you know, there's alive, there's alive and then there's alive. <laughs> He's <laughs> beyond alive. Uh, by the way, Guggenheim, that crisis, I mean, it was set in the Arrowverse for the most part, but you know, it was really well done. You got a lot of great cameos mm-hmm. from outside the Arrowverse in it. I think that's you know? still the superior crisis. Not even a question. Not yeah. even a question. And it allows for the idea of, of a multiverse of different Earths, which the Arrowverse already had. You know, mm-hmm. and it even ends with smashing a couple together so that you now have Supergirl on the same plant on the same Earth. You know, whereas initially they didn't have it. I mean, they even did a Brave and the Bold episode. You know, where it was, um, excuse me, it was the world's finest episode. Because Supergirl started as a CBS show. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But still in the Arrowverse. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's sort of like, that was problematic for me. So so coming back to the comment about, you know, is this 89 Batman? I mean, they go out of their way with the Batmobile, with the Joker, you know. Reference, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's in every way it's there. And yeah, it just doesn't actually make sense. Mm-hmm. And for me, honestly, I wait, wait, again, guys. How do, what, Ian? Why does it not make sense? Why can't this be the Burton Batman? Because it doesn't that? still exist. It doesn't. It didn't exist before, and it doesn't exist afterwards. It's not. This isn't a true multiverse. It's right. like he did this thing, and these possibilities are generating from what he did, he and, then, and then seemingly fixed it. So, I mean, look, you can argue at the end: Did he fix it? Did it all go away? Is it still just out there as a multiverse the way we now know it? I'm not sure. Does anyone have an opinion? So you can argue, yes, it did. And since the time, it doesn't work linearly, so it goes back. So then that is, that that exists, that reality exists. In that version, he died in it, but there can be a, a version where he didn't, you know? 
the plan was this. Walter Hamada's in which, plan. In which Michael Keaton's Batman dies. Yes. Yeah. So, so Walter Hamada's plan with this movie was there's a cut that exists that at the end on the steps, Michael Keaton's there and Supergirl. The, yeah. And they don't die in the Zod. That's right. Snyderverse. They don't die. And they're there at the end. That'd and be beautiful. That was, so that was the original cut. And then they in reshoots, they put Clark in as one of the reporters. Uh, Henry Cavill's Clark. Henry Cavill. Yes. Yes. And I believe from what I've heard, Diana also shows up there. Wow. And the, the so, one we got was the one that I that would have the, loved that. The one that I got that we got was the one that I heard the only rumor that I had spoiled for me. And I then dismissed it because I never heard it again was we get George Clooney's Batman back. And that got a little bit of a pop for the audience. You, you heard that rumor from me. I heard it from you. I believe I heard that rumor for you. And that was George Clooney. And I was like, really? That's the, one of the most derided movies ever in superhero movies. The movie's not and good. The, Clooney, the bad nipples, it's cool to have the, Clooney, that. but why? But now we have Clooney going forward into Brave and the Bold is what we I've don't also know. heard. We don't know. So I, I've heard it both ways. I heard it's not definitive that it'll be Clooney and Brave and the Bold, but just that he's in this. But they already I, have a Robin. Why not? There's a Robin in that universe. There's a Batgirl in that universe. And now why not have a Damian Wayne on top of it? Sure. But do you really want... See, personally, even if they use Clooney, it doesn't mean they have to use Chris O'Donnell as Nightwing. And Schwarzenegger. It's in the contract. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, my takeaway from the final scene with uh, with Aquaman was that uh, Barry then went and fixed whatever made Clooney I was just going to say the same thing. Because he starts talking really? about, yes. well, there's all these Hold other on, Batman. That Explain are... that to me. Yeah. I don't think that's, I think that that is still the George Clooney. You, you can debate that. Yeah. I, I agree. That was my takeaway that the Batman that Momoa and he had always known was fixed. There just were all these Batmans. I, I was, I'm glad you brought that up. I wanted to discuss that. Is okay, explain to the saying? audience who may not be listening but not watch the movie. Like the 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 big the the scene uh, the mid credit scene is Jason Momoa Aquaman. Look, I want to say He's something right now. Got a movie coming out in November. No, no, no. And the Flash no, no, walking. No, 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 I have to interrupt you. I am not explaining anything for people that are watching this and didn't see the movie. That's just okay, silly that. to me. Okay, but you okay. get it, right? Like, but be like lost. We, right, but. but we we saw that moments after we saw George Clooney step out as the Bruce, and he looks at it, Barry and he goes, "What's wrong with you, man? I'm always been right. the Bruce." So so. I How is that not that the same you, universe? You, know, you could interpret what he said he, to Aquaman as there were all these different Batmans as if as if now it's afterwards. We're not getting that sequel, but he, it, it all got fixed. You could also interpret it as, yeah, there are all these different Batmans, but in that universe, the one that Momoa always knew could have been Clooney. And I thought that was know. the... I thought so that's therefore, I, just because Barry says that doesn't mean he did anything to change it. Yeah, I, I thought it was Clooney. I, when they're talking about Batman and Bruce in that scene, walking drunk down the hallway or, or down the alley or whatever with Momoa, it's a funny scene. Look, I think that it's Clooney's Bruce, and that's it, the only it, one Momoa's known. It comes down to this. Here's the frustrating. We'll thing. find out in the look, look, Aquaman sequel. Well, what, what's what's frustrating? Well, yes, actually, from what I've heard, that's true. That George that, Clooney now, shows up in the Aquaman well, sequel. Well, no, no. What I'd heard was Keaton had shot something for it. Then Affleck came and they and shot something. For and the I Aquaman don't know who, I don't. In Aquaman 2. And now I don't know who's in it. Val Kilmer. It, it won't be Kilmer, and that's fucked up. What? Why not? They CGI'd freaking, like, Christopher Reeves in this shit? Well. Because well, he's still alive, but he can't talk. So, you know. Well, 
His son can do it. Did you watch that documentary? His son sounds just like him. Documentary was so anyway, we could just not. We could just do things that aren't before the year of 1993, <laughs> 94. You know, that's yeah. also an option. Garrett, um, hey, listen, look, Garrett, just because you weren't alive doesn't mean who kidding. Like, well, that stuff has to be dismissed. Okay, pal? Oh, I like that stuff, but there's also, the, it's the year 2023, and we don't need mannequins. Um, you know, but, but, but as much as, as I... I respect the artists that did it, and yeah, I know filmmaking right. is not Look, easy. I, but... I, I'm going to have to disagree with Gary. We need Mannequin, but we don't need Mannequin 2 on the move. Mannequin, yes. Mannequin 2, no. The soundtrack went over. Can we went just get downhill. Kim Control in this movie? <laughs> Kim Control was a Mannequin joke. Geekscape is for like, do I need to be listening to a $2 late fee on the Geekscape network to get these references? Um, go ahead. I'm so stuck a man. But it's a big bag, guys. Like, like, guys, I thought that the, 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 the Barry Zoom scene at the end was beautiful. And that was the Ezra no. Miller really acting. That was great. It was beautiful acting. I thought it was a beautiful part of the movie. I thought Even him, though it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense, but I thought it no, was no, but, but listen, awesome. Listen, I want to come back to what I was saying before. The crisis is, stuff was awesome. Which man. is, you know, Hamada's idea was a great idea with this movie to reset things. And what's really unfortunate is guns coming in and the timing's terrible. If Gunn had already cast his Batman and all that, then this movie sets it up. And now we're left with this mess. And ending the way they did, listen, I get the whole idea. Don't put Cavill in. Don't, don't promise something that you're not going to get. But it's messy now. Throwing Clooney in. Here's the thing. It's great if it is Clooney, but it's confusing as fuck if it isn't. Yeah. And let's be honest. I think you can do Batman and Son with a Batman who's 40. Okay, shit. Damien at 10, you can do Batman with Batman that's 35, which is what I think is likely. It isn't going to be with a Batman who's 60. A 10-year-old that, that has been trained yes. as a ninja? Yeah. Yes. Is well, Marvel they, facing they, the same problem with the Fantastic Four? Well. Where it's like, we don't want to promise something that we're, we can't deliver on. So, like, they, they, they can really pick anybody as Reed, and Sue, Reed at this point, even it's though we've not, seen a Reed. It's not going to be Krasinski. Right. It's not. Um, that, that was a fun thing. I mean, listen, you know, my take on Dr. Strange is they gave us that. They could have given us so much more. The rumored Tom Cruise's Iron Man was worth doing. Mm-hmm. Would have been great. You know, we should have, there should have been, I mean, for me, I'm, you know this, I was disappointed in that movie because we, there just wasn't enough to it. Right. You know, Chris, uh, Hydra, Chris Evans, Hydra cap. Yeah. That, that, all yeah. that stuff. Would Hydra cap was absolutely, they absolutely should have done that because I think they're setting it up and, and they would have lost nothing for throwing it in there for a minute. In mm-hmm. fact, it'll make it better later. Because if they it, just do it out of nowhere in New World Order, it's like, okay, huh? So, the but the situation here at DC, how is that a disappointment? They really can go anywhere after this Flash movie, don't you think? I mean, I know they got Blue, Blue Beetle and the Aquaman 2 on the on the docket, but, like, can't they just go anywhere with this? Like, they don't have to stick to the Clooney. They don't have to stick to this. They don't, you know. Well, what, what what's your argument? Why is it suddenly someone different? This would have actually been an in-universe explanation for why things are different. Mm-hmm. And now, unless it's Clooney, it isn't. I think whatever the plans were for this movie before it was released, they're definitely on hold because That's of right. what the reception was. So there could have been a plan. Sure, we're going to put Clooney in there. And, you know, of course, there's there's no mention of, like, 
you know, Pattinson or nobody gave Christian yeah. Bale a billion dollars, you know, to try and get him to show up for a second. You know, he, he, he swore if it wasn't Nolan, he's not doing it. Right. And it yeah. wasn't Nolan. So he's yeah. not doing it. So, uh, you know, I think I just that, thought you could have done it without showing him. You know, I mean, you didn't you couldn't. There's, I, there was ways to do yeah, it. Yeah, I think it was just a gag and they thought it was funny. And the reason it was Clooney is because nobody really likes that movie. I agree. You know, and, uh, you know, I, th- I guess. It was uh, a gag. Yeah, it was, it was a gag. Cool another one. In a movie that had a lot of gags. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. But. And that's also, all it's going to be. From, yeah. From what I, I hear, so. they had sh- I heard they had shot a tag with Affleck about, like, he's still out there and, and Barry find me. And they dropped that also. Hmm. What other things were shot? Garrett knows a lot of this stuff too. What other stuff was shot and we didn't actually get fulfilled here in this cut? Because there, there were a lot of cuts to this movie, I'm guessing. Well, the crisis thing was like that Ian just mentioned, uh, like or like I, the way I had heard it was that it was a crisis teaser of him, you know, saying "Come find me." And that that the a lot of and this is public knowledge. There's a lot of documents from Warner Brothers that have said that they wanted to do they were going to do cri- Walter Hamada's big plan was was crisis. That was what he was building towards. That's why this movie was so multiversal and i think they are i think i had read even more recently over this weekend the plan was this movie a sequel and then we're going to do crisis and so well, you know right. he was getting his ducks in a row but as far as other things that were um considered I, that was the last that i had heard of was the was the building to a crisis basically and you know what this movie doesn't definitively mean that it wouldn't have worked because if hamada hadn't you know been ousted with gun coming in and all that i mean you, you there's no telling how much the knowledge of that hurt this movie. Right. Knowing that this movie may quote unquote not matter. That being said, being a multiverse movie and showing glimpses of all these different possibilities, I think if anything, it makes this movie definitely matter and in fun. And I enjoy that what this movie did and would have been cool again to see some of the CW characters or animated properties in the same way that, Spider-Verse celebrated some of the live action stuff in that second movie. Like that would have been awesome. And seeing a little bit of the suicide squad or peacemaker or some of the successes from Warner brothers hinted in some of those multiverse things would have been awesome. I mean, peacemaker takes place in the Snyderverse because we learned that at the end of the first season mm-hmm. as peacemaker, when Snyder's justice league shows up well, with two of the justice league actors, including Ezra Miller and Jason Momoa. Well, we've always known it was Snyderverse because Suicide Squad, you know, of the course. first Suicide Squad, you have Batman and Flash. And then mm-hmm. obviously the second Suicide Squad is referencing the Justice League. It has Waller in it. And, yeah. you know, yeah, and that's what Peacemaker comes out of. So, yeah, there was never a question that it's part of that. Garrett sent me this amazing, sent sent us this 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 interesting thing with, with Peacemaker being so popular and of course there's a Waller series coming to James Gunn's plan and then a Peacemaker 2 just because that popularity is so big um, like a big guy in a truck outside everybody a man just went a, a real man just went past my window um, with Peacemaker 2 uh, there's a story of what happened at the end of the first crisis back in the 80s where the character Psycho Pirate even though the universe has been reset still remembers the crisis and remembers the way things were before. And Garrett, you sent that article. If you can explain where maybe they do that with peacemaker. Yeah. I saw uh, Owen likes comics on, uh, on Twitter. He has a YouTube channel. It's great. If you love comic book, comic book movies, he really deep dives into the history of things and explains uh, a lot of things, especially one of my favorite things, ultimate Marvel. He covers that quite a bit. Um, But he basically, he was retweeting these things that people were saying, like maybe possibly once we get the reset, you know, cause 
basically James Gunn had said it will make sense why Peacemaker is still a thing, even if they, we are closing the lid on the DCEU. And someone brought up the fact that um, I don't think it ever fully went through, but Keith Giffen, uh, you know, famous comic book uh, legend, um, he had the idea of Peacemaker being one of the people that remembers that everything before Crisis on Infinite uh, Earths, that he, he knew that there was a multiverse before they all kind of got smushed into one world. Uh, and then those ideas were kind of later given to uh, the character Psycho Pirate, who plays a big part in basically every crisis. Um, and so I think that, that would be perfect, you know, dist- sure. especially because the character is a conspiracy theorist. So, you know, everyone can hand wave that off. And he's but he's the only person that genuinely, you know, if we have a new Aquaman, we have Wally West as the Flash, something crazy like that. He can be the person to be like, I literally was in a field with these two guys and they were completely different people and no one believes them. That would be a, a fun thing to do. I agree. That would be fun. With Momoa's Aquaman though, coming out in November, the sequel, like, are we getting a new Aquaman? Like that's, that's one thing that this movie, I don't yeah. guys, I don't think we're getting a hard, are we getting a hard reset on the DC? Well, well by the way, uh, some at, of this stuff might carry over. At one point, Aquaman was supposed to come before this. And that's right. another thing that's a mess. That's why they reshot Michael Keaton's scene exactly. with Ben Affleck, and they had to publicly announce that because he Ben Affleck was just walking around on the lot, and fans saw him, and so Momoa had to tell on Instagram, "Oh, he's back." Um, and and then they changed the release dates again, and so that scene again didn't make any sense. So, so no, so that's, that's, that's and I, I I don't know who's in it. I don't know Clooney. what they did now. I think we know at this point. Yeah, I think, I think they just cut it. Me. Yeah, you guys. I know that it was a tepid response at the box office. And again, I like this movie, Geekscapist. If you could, you know, I, I think if you're a comic book fan, you should see it just for the spectacle of it, the it's, celebration it's a fun of movie. it. I, I'm telling everyone, it, it's worth seeing. Worth seeing um, I really liked it. As a, you know, I will say my least favorite stuff was it the multiverse stuff. It's the same thing that happened to the, the comic 10 years ago. The comic Flashpoint, 10 plus years ago. The comic Flashpoint was just supposed to be a story arc. And then it got turned into, oh, well, we can use this to reboot the universe. And I think mm-hmm. that's the weakest part of the book is that it, in the, even in the book, funny enough, history repeats itself. The ending of the book makes no sense because everything resets and uh, Barry Allen has this letter from his from Bruce Wayne's father, Thomas Wayne. He gives it to him. They're wearing their new 52 designs, but it makes no sense because they, it, it, just, it makes no sense within the new 52 universe that they would establish. But yes, for me... They don't know each other yet, all that. Exactly. And yeah. so for me, multiverse stuff aside, that stuff just, you know, I get the intent. I do love me some Easter eggs. love me some cameos. I love that stuff. But that stuff for me, just it, just, it did not click. It didn't work. And I was, you know, I'm someone who was, a, I love Superman, but, you know, I didn't feel anything seeing them on screen. But all that said, I am a, someone who is so incredibly close with my mom, you know, and this move, like the second, you know, every Flash story that involves Barry Allen, I'm a Wally West guy. But anytime Barry Allen's stories are dealing with his relationship with Nora Allen, I, I, like that final scene in the grocery store is incredibly Great. beautiful. Arthur. It is one yep. of the best comic book scenes in scenes in a comic book movie of the decade so far. And I loved the the clash between the two Barrys that our Barry that we're used to was forced to be the straight man. As you know, we've only gotten at him in comedic moments. He was forced to be the straight man with his younger self and how he had to accept, you know, that he had to grow up. And so it may seem like I'm being kind of cynical, but I actually, I really, really like when this movie got to just be a flash movie. I thought it was incredible. I loved so much of it. I Agreed. actually love the thing about it. He finally gets how everyone feels about dealing yes. with him. <laughs> <It's hysterical. laughs> 
Yeah. Um, that being said, uh, the, this isn't a hard reset, guys. I, I am honestly thinking uh, that, and Ian, maybe you've heard different. Maybe you guys have heard yeah. different. I think that this is a soft reset into the James Gunn universe. No, I no think question. he can. I think he can pick and choose what he wants to keep. He, he, I think he can well, he, come back to anything at any time. He's he can come back it. to anything at any time. Yeah. Look, this doesn't mean a recast of Diana. This clearly isn't a recast of Aquaman. This well, isn't. Well, 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 first of all, with everything with Patty Jenkins, I think that there was no conversation about Gal Gadot because they knew they still had two movies coming out with her in it this year. This okay? one and the second Shazam, yeah. Yeah. So as for well, what happens with her now, uh, by the way, odds are, she, odds are she's out because she's just too expensive. And that's I'd love to deal. see the Supergirl again. But, but, but the big deal about Cavill, Affleck, and Gadot very much is they're expensive. They don't want to spend the money. They want to reset the thing and do it cheaper. Um, certainly from where they already have these established actors doing it and they're expensive, you know? What about Jesse Eisenberg? Um, I doubt it, but, you know, I think he probably goes out, out with Cavill, but, but I, you know, it's not for me to say. I think if they're going younger with, you know, Superman, you know, I mean, yeah. Luther they're supposed to be testing Lex Luthor's in a few weeks. I've That's heard that, heard. yeah. Get in there, Ian. <laughs> get ready to shave your head. Get I'm in there, Ian. Garrett, sorry. Garrett, get ready to shave your head. Uh, Give me an agent. The, uh, You're playing Jason Todd. What I was going to say was Jason that Todd. for me, the movie is best when it's the two Barrys, when it is Barry's story. I love all the other yeah, stuff. I have no complaints about, uh, I mean, especially the 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 Nicolas Cage thing was one of the most mind-blowing things in my life that he's the giant spider is there. I'm like, all right, come on, you know, but it works best. And I agree that the scene of Barry in the supermarket with his mom is like, Oh, this is, this is like the best stuff in the, in the whole movie, you know, Mm -hmm. and just watching the, that interaction uh, I thought was fantastic. So I think that the flash stuff is the strongest stuff in the movie. And I, I do agree that it's, it's definitely, uh, overly silly at times uh, in the the early part, but uh, you know, and any time that we can visit uh, another reality where Eric Stoltz was Marty McFly, uh, I always embrace that. <laughs> Which they did that on he almost just, was. Yeah, well, they shot for like well, they well, shot was. for like three <laughs> weeks. Yeah. 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 It was great. Yeah, that's and they they had to recast the girlfriend because uh, she was uh, too much taller than uh, than Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and so I I just sort of love this little stuff like that, and I you know I I had fun with it. Um, as I mentioned to Jonathan and Garrett, um, my wife fell asleep. We didn't go to too late of a of a uh, screening. We went at nine o'clock, and uh, right when they get to Siberia, wherever that was, she's like, uh, Yeah, I'm out. And uh, it was red sun. yeah, she it came. Was, she came back. Was... Yeah, yeah, no, no. It was, uh, Russia didn't uh, didn't seem like fun. She came back for the end, but uh, she. she yeah, Heidi that, says, it, as a woman, I loved. Uh, it meant a lot to see Cara Zorrell. I would love to see that character again. Out of anybody great, in this movie, I'd great. love to see Cara Zorrell. No, again. I think she was great. But now, my wife, whom I often reference her opinion on these things, because my wife writes genre. She writes TV and movies. But she's still, she's not devoted to the fan stuff the way I am, the way all of us are. So she mm. just goes in and looks at the movie and she felt the movie was a bit bloated that she felt strongly Supergirl was unnecessary and added 20 minutes to a half hour that would have made it a sleeker movie. Um, now, as fans, because of Flashpoint, what they did with Supergirl, they turned it a little bit, but it's basically the Superman version of Flashpoint. So for us, I'm like, okay, it makes it that much more Flashpoint. But other than that, I mean, I see her point. It, how horrible would it have been if it was just Batman and the Flashes? 
having to fight Zod without any Kryptonian, you know? And beyond at this point. But but here's the thing is, you know, he's already gotten Kal-El. If Kal-El did have the Kryptonian matrix in him, then they just have to fight him and stop him from getting the whole thing started. Yeah. Yeah. So she's right. That works. And it's, it's streamlined. Yeah. But it's also a lot of dudes. Well, well, it's a lot of dudes. (laughs) And also, again, the point was they were launching her off of this movie, and then they went the other way. But that was the plan. And by the way, just because they wanted to make a solo Supergirl movie after this, or, or the idea after this was she's established a Supergirl, <sighs> and they're going to do Supergirl. That was I the would plan. still love to see that. And, and by the way, and they still can because she's a version of Supergirl that just because she died in this doesn't mean she doesn't exist out there. Right. So it's still an option. Unfortunately, I think that the movie not doing well means they throw it out. Uh, what about this Batgirl movie, guys? Like this, but this thing, but, this thing that they they threw in the trash for a tax write-off, supposedly. Like yes, like there's more screenshots that 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 Garrett sent to us, and there's buzz that it, may, it may, some version of it may end up out there. But at the same time, you know what? I mean, the reason they got rid of it, if they put it out anyway, money-wise, they 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 fuck themselves. But I mean, Brendan Fraser loves his performance as Firefly in this movie. Brendan Fraser loves his performance. What everyone said, Michael Keaton's in it as Bruce. They've said the casting wise, they have no issues with it, and they intend to work with the filmmakers again. You know, they intend Mm -hmm. to work with the actress that played Batgirl, and they can she can still be Batgirl. Jennifer Zang is like who's a who's a pretty kick ass woman herself. Says I'm certain that movie was bad, (laughs) and that ultimately that was the reason we're not going to see Batgirl. And yes, and the bottom line is. In that moment, they budgeted, they were making it for streaming. It right. did, and when Zaslav said, we don't want to do that plan, that plan doesn't work for us anymore. And the movie wasn't good enough to theatrical. be a, a theatrical movie. And that makes sense, that it played like, like a CW show. So and guys, that's not what they want going forward. And that does make sense, as frustrated as I am. Garrett didn't have the chance to, to live in this era and maybe in a multiverse Garrett can go back but that movie seemed primed for like a 1989 to era 1996 comic book convention in the basement of like the Four Seasons or the Hyatt by the freeway and getting that Batgirl on VHS the same way that we did with our version of Roger Corbin's Fantastic Four and the Children of the Atom cartoon and all these fan film like these 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 holy grails of i'm going to a comic convention and i heard there's a fantastic four live action movie and i gotta leave that that comic convention with a vhs of it that is what this batgirl is to me now it's like i want to find a vhs VHS. i want to see a version of this movie in the same way like back in the early 90s we were not happy leaving a comic convention at the local you know, Holiday Inn, unless we had a VHS of the Children of the Atom animated movie I, or animated mini I, movie, because it's like, I oh my god, they made an X Men cartoon. I, spent I bought entire, a copy of the FF yeah, for a friend. It's the same, same say as again. I, I spent my entire budget on two VHS cassettes, so I spent forty dollars, twenty dollars for Roger Corman Fantastic Four, twenty dollars for Star Wars Holiday Special, and I don't regret those investments because I would have never seen them, <laughs> uh, you know, in, in my life. And Guys, I, to, here's my Garrett, hot take: the, by the, day. Way, the, the Roger Corman Fantastic Four. Still to this day, the best version of the Fantastic Better. Four we yes. had on screen. It's very, it's very clear that that yeah. is a Kirby and Lee it, version yeah. of the it, Fantastic it, Four. Is it more cheesy, so than yes, yes, but it's true to the comic. And Geekscape is who are listening to this. If you want to see more of that, go and Google on the Geekscape feed. I had the entire 
cast do a special together on a Geekscape back in, I would say, 2013, 2012. The entire cast sat down on the Geekscape. Hmm. And uh, Carlos Fierfalio, who played the, the thing, and is also blunt man in Mallrats and went through the wall and all that stuff. He's Kevin. He was Kevin Smith's stunt double in that. Um, Carl put the whole cast together for me, minus Johnny Storm, and they were, did a Geekscape together with me in the studio. And it's one of my favorite Geekscapes. And I forget how amazing some of these episodes have been of Geekscape. And I'll pat myself on the back. But if you want to know more Roger Corman, Fantastic Four, and some really amazing stories from the set, that is a Geekscape that is there for you on the feed. And I, it's you can see it on YouTube, but it's just not the same as like coming back as a kid from a convention and being like, I'm popping this in the VHS because <laughs> it's the only live action Fantastic Four I'm ever going to see possibly. Well, uh, Garrett, why, Garrett, why, why we want this for League you. Pilot? The Justice League pirate or the new or the the uh, Generation X movie oh, that God. that aired on TV. That aired on TV. Yeah. I remember that. Aired, yeah. And a friend of mine was in it. Okay, hmm. but, Garrett, but, we but want the these things League for you. Pilot, Oh boy, is that with that weird Adam suit and that <laughs> was terrible. David and the Martian Manhunter. as the Martian Manhunter. <laughs> Garrett, we want these for you. We want you to go to Comic Con this summer with us you, as our guest, and your whole mission is to find the Batgirl movie that it will never be released officially by DC well, see, Warner Brothers. Now it'd be like you're gonna, a QR you're gonna fight code. it on a VHS. Now yeah, now it's just going to send you to like a website. You'll get like a piece of, someone will hand you a, like, drop a piece of paper yeah. that you pick up and it'll have a QR code. To take it you still needs to that has your age. It should still have scan lines in it. Like mm-hmm. a VHS dub though. <laughs> or else it, it, the texture was everything and being like, oh, this copy is pretty crappy, but I can see Johnny Storm next to the mm-hmm. thing and I'll take that. Um, guys, this episode has been so much fun. I got to tell you, Ian, I love having one-on-ones with you. But what do you think about these Garrett and and, and Christian? Like, I love these guys. I've said to you before, I'm I'm down. You know, to I'm all, I'm always happy. I like I, I listen. I like doing this because it's fun just to talk about it. You know? I love yeah. you guys. This is so much fun. And guys, any final thoughts on the Flash? Like, like there's so much to talk about it, here. It, not that it's a, mo- it's a movie worth time. seeing, but it's certainly not the greatest comic movie of all time. I mean, and honestly, can we just say that you know, as a lot of people are saying, that now, spin? It, it was really unfortunate. Um, Zaslov, I get it. Gunn knows better. Mm-hmm. He should not have done that. And it's a bad look because, you know, the movie fails and this is the new regime that's going like, oh, well, it, well, it failed. And that's what you do. And you, you blame the guy before. If it succeeded, then how was that good for Gunn? It isn't right. good for Gunn if it succeeded. So it, I, it's amazing to me that he did that, that he said that yeah. because, you know, it's just like, it's just like him sitting on Twitter all the time and answering people, dude, stop. Yeah. I mean, he put out a better movie only six weeks ago, you know? So, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is, but and there's a, a, I mean, Tim story in the fantastic four, like the reason Tim story to the fantastic four is a regime change over at Fox. And before that, it was going to be Peyton Reed for a long time. Remember that? Like Peyton yeah. Reed was going yeah. to do fantastic four at Fox. He was going to make it a cool era film in the sixties or whatever. And this is right around the time he said goodbye to love or whatever that movie is with Ewan McGregor and Reese Witherspoon. And it was in watching that movie is like, Oh cool. If this is the flavor of the fantastic four, uh, this is going to be really cool. And then regime change at Fox in comes Tim story who delivered a hit for the studio in barbershop and has a new take on fantastic four. And the rest is history. we never got Peyton Reed's fantastic four. We got his Ant-Man. Those first two Ant-Man movies were a lot of fun. And we trust him with Fantastic Four, which he ended up, I guess, not doing. But uh, 
wow, like these regime changes, they do change stuff. If anything, the James Gunn endorsement of this movie to me, it felt like faith in the brand. And I, I liked that he said that in saying, again, I think he's going to pick and choose from this era of the DCEU and he's going to bring yeah. some of this stuff forward. I'll say. And he has to have faith in it. Um, here in the comments, we got Jason Elliott in Texas saying, Shazam may be part of Gunn's plans. I enjoyed that last Shazam movie. I like the, the Zach Levi depiction of Shazam. I think they're fun movies. And obviously, we had him recruited into some version of the JSA in the tag on Shazam 2. And that is Peacemaker characters recruiting him for Waller. You know, there's all sorts of weird stuff going forward. What do we see going forward, guys, out of this movie? And then, of course, there's Blue Beetle and there's Aquaman still. You know, there's a quality to this movie, though, where it's almost like, you know, you fall behind on your TV and on your DVR, you have like six episodes of a TV show and then it gets canceled before episode seven airs. And you're like, oh, do I even want to watch that? Yeah, I guess. Some people said it was good. That's exactly right. And I felt, I'm glad I saw it because I I think it was fun. It was a good movie. But you just feel like, well, it kind of doesn't matter. And I know we've said that already. In the episode i enjoyed it but i i don't think that this has anything to do with what comes but yeah you might see jason momoa again there's talk that he's going to be lobo the next time we see him i mean after Aquaman too you know there's yeah. a lot of stuff out there so um I, but I, listen i do i do think ezra Miller's problems being what they were and you know you can debate is he is it different than jonathan majors i mean i think that you know ezra miller clearly had been off their meds whatever else but Let's not kid ourselves. Would have been canceled, would have been reshot the scenes if they weren't the entire movie, you know? Um, and there's a lot of people out there, and I've been, I was surprised to hear from a lot of people who are fanboys, fangirls, who are like, people I tell me, like, people, people that work in comic book stores were not going to see this movie, were boycotting this movie because of Ezra Miller. Um, sure. And, you know, I, I can't speak to what the numbers are there, but it, I can tell you it was part of it. The a million screenings they did, also an issue, especially since it wasn't as strong as they said it was. And there's some word of mouth there too, you know, yeah. but um, they made a lot of mistakes. You know, some of them weren't their fault, like Ezra Miller's problems, but a lot of mistakes were made. Um, and the strike. Yeah, the strike, the strike did hurt the, the ability to show up on them. late night TV yeah, but, to promote but, this movie. But all, And also people, you know, I mean, look, Keaton, the excuse that Keaton couldn't because he's shooting Beatles 2, it's another Warner Brothers movie. It's not, that's a bullshit excuse. A lot of people are saying that the idea that no one wanted to comment on Ezra Miller was a reason to not have him do it because it was uncomfortable. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's it was, it was always unfortunate. And seeing that the box office is not good, how, what does Marvel learn from this going into Loki season two and the Jonathan Well, Well, the good news for Marvel is Loki may have a lot of the same issues, but it's TV, so, you know, people will watch it. They'll see what the ratings are. You know, we'll see how much that matters. The bigger question is, I mean, I know people going like Marvel needs to get away from multiverse and people are already burnt on it, you know? I mean, I was worried about, you know, I mean, how many, how many versions of multiverse movies are we going to get? Is there going to be an appetite for, you know, um, Infinity War? And, you know, I mean, yeah, because burnt. that's basically what, what Secret War is. Yeah. Is the is some version of a crisis event? You know, the the, yeah. the yeah. all of these different universes getting smushed together in the Marvel. Now, 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 I think that is can be much more interesting that they might actually finally do what Doctor Strange and this didn't do. You know, but we'll see. Yeah, 
and you know they're talking about Sam Raimi director. Doing, Here's the thing: doing uh, that uh, movie. My, my, my personal prediction. I've told you this before. I think I think we get Evans back as a as a Hydra cap before then, but I think that in some way, at least for those movies, we get Evans and Downey back. And whereas that would have been a big surprise, I I bet that they actually let it leak right. before to get interest in those movies got. Because the well, Michael so, Keaton stuff was the loudest stuff in the marketing for this movie, and it needed to be. But the but you know that is listen. It's like with Garrett; it's too old. It didn't. It wasn't enough to get people there. You yeah. know, um, Garrett has no appreciation for his elders. But but, but I they, have they, appreciation. Downey and Evans coming back is enough to get people back to Marvel movies. Yeah. All right, guys. This was an awesome episode. This little uh, multiverse here on Geekscape was pretty fucking awesome. I really enjoyed talking Flash with you guys. This is this is a blast. This is a blast. Um, you can catch Garrett on every every couple of months. He starts a new podcast in the network, and it, it does about three <laughs> episodes, three. and then calls it a day. Um, no, Garrett will pop up from time to time. Ian and I are going to catch up uh, next on, I think we got the uh, Secret Invasion. That Secret starts Invasion starts in a couple week. days. This it week. He's yes. getting some tepid responses so far in the reviews, but, you know, I miss some of the Marvel people. But by the so way, I'm, I'm episode one drops Wednesday. Woo! That's less than two days of our recording right now. Is, and is then, it six hmm. episodes? Yes. I'm not sure. Yes, sir. Yes, six, six episodes. And uh, for people that uh, want to talk about Secret Invasion right away, uh, our show that uh, is now uh, graciously a part of the Geekscape family, Marvel Movie Talk, even though the name implies otherwise we also talk tv we'll be doing a like a episode by episode uh recap uh, like an after show starting this wednesday and uh also this week my other show geekscape book club uh, appropriately enough we're going to talk about uh flashpoint which uh, i believe garrett is also holding his copy uh right i have there. issue five right yeah. here yeah i have i have the the trade paperback i'm a i'm a tpb kind of guy but uh as am i <laughs> Guys, this warms my heart. So At least you didn't call it a graphic novel. My heart hmm. is very, very, very cold, and y'all have y'all have actually warmed <laughs> it. Um, I love this. I love this this multiverse that we have here at Geekscape, and the fact that you guys are going to be talking. So, Geekscape, is if this wasn't enough for you, go over and check out Marvel Movie Talk. Go check out the Geekscape Book Club, um, and of course, you can follow Garrett and um, Christian, and you can find Ian. You can find them all on Twitter. You can find them hanging out on the Geekscape Forever. Facebook page and in group that stuff's always fun and just search Geeks TV. You'll be a part of this multiverse easily, easily, easily. Um, I can't wait next week. I think I'm working on a fun guest and of course, comic con guys, that thing is bearing down on us fast and uh, I'm excited to be a part of it with you. Geeks gave us. Um, all right, Ian, we got some secret invasion coming up and uh, if you can't wait for Ian and I to talk about it, blue beetle got, coming up, I guess. Christian's got it. Yeah. Blue beetles coming up. I guess. Guys, oh no, we're doing a blue beetle. Hmm. We're doing Blue Beetle for sure. I'm but, excited. But listen, about Blue it. Beetle looks fun, but I don't know if anyone's going to be interested in seeing it. I know, but I'll be interested in seeing it. Oh, as I'm a Latino, go. of course, I'm as a Latino, go. it's important to me. I mean, I, I saw Flaming Hot. <laughs> that's not part of any. That's not part of any multiverse, but it was important for I'm me to watch it because it looks like a fun movie, and I'm a I'm a comic fanboy. You know, I, Hell I, I yeah. want to see it. And you know, it looks fun. All right, Geekscapers, we will talk to you next time. Thanks for being a part of this and share it with your friends. Love you guys. Peace. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.